so that the actors can have a good time by being free. And, um, you know, so I love that. And I love sharing, as you can tell, I've been talking for like 15 hours here. Um, I love sharing the stories and I get excited about it. And I get excited about people who get excited and love, love the show business. And um, not so much from a point of, of wondering about success, but always feeling successful as long as they're loving what they're doing and they get to tell a story. You know, I love when people just feel a sense of success. That is thrilling. So if I can direct people towards that, I will always step up and, and direct something, a play, a musical, comedy, drama. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, it's all stories. Well, you are a wonderful director, and I have had the pleasure of being directed by you. And I believe we had sold out houses just about the whole run. Did you direct did. as well as perform in Forbidden Hollywood, or am I? No, I was only an actor in um, in, in Forbidden Hollywood. That was directed by um, our producer, John Friedson, directed that. And I think we had a... And Gerard came in, uh, the creator of the entire Forbidden Broadway series, uh, directed us when we opened in New York. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, Do you have a slightly different approach to when you're doing film or television versus theater? And I've heard that part of it now is, or or part of the complication for some people is that now that everything's digital, they're shooting the Mm -hmm. wide shot, the close up and the extreme close up all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you negotiate, navigate how you're going to play it if they're shooting all those things at the same time? Um, the one thing is I, the, okay. I want to say one thing. I, I think drama is easier than comedy, especially on film mm-hmm. because uh, in a comedy on stage, I can sense with the, the the rhythm and the breath of the room, I can tell how to ride a laugh. Mm-hmm. On film, that's a little harder. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's uh, if it's a one camera thing, if it's a three camera thing, when I did some sitcoms a long time ago in like the eighties and nineties, we had an audience, so it mm-hmm. was like theater. That was a little easier. But um, I got to do a comedy and um, called Love Life on HBO last year. And uh, William Harper Jackson was the star of it. Um, Anna Kendricks was uh, the first year star. And then she moved and then it, it switches to be another star. And then that was William Harper Jackson. And I played his uncle, Uncle Jovan. And he, uh, Uncle Jovan was a cut up. And I was like, well, how do you do this? And I remember, and I don't remember who said this, and I'm sure many people have said this, but comedy isn't comedy. Comedy is drama. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you just tell the truth, it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. So rather than me trying to be funny, I was serious. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first thing. So uh, again, when I said acting is believing, if you're on film, if you believe that that is your brother, your son, your father, your enemy, your lover, then the camera will pick that up. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, because there's only one eye on the camera, that's your only audience. Mm -hmm. You don't, and if you're working on Broadway, 
you have 1,500 eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Well, 3,000, because hopefully most people have two eyes. That's the average. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so you will expand that performance, not beyond the point of that's an unrealistic portrayal mm-hmm. because you don't have to be so big anymore. The, the acting style is a lot more naturalistic mm-hmm. where the audience will come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I think of it like if, if you're trying to say, well, what's the, the key from going uh, like last week, I was on film um, in the morning on Tuesday and then I was on stage at night on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all in one day mm-hmm. it was there was really no difference in style except for the size of the audience and um what helps me a lot of times it's like if i'm on stage so again if i'm looking at hugh jackman he's a great film actor mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything different on the stage mm-hmm. he just plays his audience on film again he has one eye looking at him that's the only person he has to engage with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just expands it on the stage, but it's not like all of a sudden he is fifteen hundred times as big as he was on the screen. Yeah, it's interesting how no. acting styles also kind of change throughout time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and me, I'm stuck in the '80s sitcom, so that's what I want to do. No, mm. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do you? After all these years, do you ever get stage fright? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What calms yes. you down? So, what, what, huh? What's the thing that calms you down? And I mean, I've heard some well, people get so stage fright that they feel like they're going to throw up before they go. Well, on. a couple of things, you know, I go through a few things because one is if I go through my first words um, and get just get them out of the way, then sometimes that helps. Um, and then sometimes there's the actual craft of reminding yourself what you want what your objective is and that's all you need to go for if you want to kiss someone just kiss them Mm -hmm. that's all i got to worry about is kissing them Mm -hmm. if i want to fool someone just fool them um if i want to inspire them just inspire them um you know i also will pray and be grateful i don't pray to ask for things i pray to be grateful and to thank do i i thank the audience for being there i thank the opportunity for me to be on the stage. I, I'm grateful for the other actors that, you know, I'm together to tell this story at this particular time. Um, because I do see the faces of audiences and they love having stories told to them. And so Mm -hmm. I, I try and think about that Mm -hmm. and those things. So there's a, it's a bunch of things that I do. Um, the worst time that I had, um, stage fright was when I was doing Aladdin at California adventure and YouTube was new, and I'd read the comments about my Jafar. Mm-hmm. And um, I got so in my head about the comments. Hmm. And you know what the comments were? What? The comments were, oh, my God, Lance Roberts is the best Jafar. Oh, my God, uh-huh. I can't wait to see Lance Roberts again. Oh, my God, when Lance Roberts does this, he makes me laugh so much. Oh, my God. So I got freaked out about the good things uh-huh. not the not about any bad things i didn't read any bad things i read a bunch of good things and it really truly freaked me out because i was like oh my god they think i'm good <laughs> and well, i don't think about whether i'm good or not i guess they've set so, the bar high for your next performance too yes so i got worried about being good 
as opposed to about just being Jafar and getting the lamp. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was Lance on the stage and not Jafar. Right, right. So I had to go back and like get back to, well, what does Jafar want? Mm-hmm. Forget about being good, Lance. That's mm-hmm. not important. Mm-hmm. You have to get the lamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, the sort of the tools. And so there's not it's not one thing. It's a lot of things that I will use to get myself just through um, to get out of my way, to get out of my head, uh, because ultimately we're not there for ourselves. We are there for the paying public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this may not be true anymore because I know I mm-hmm. had, had uh, got this from someone when I first approached you about coming on the show. So I don't know if things mm-hmm. have changed by now, but I was hearing that the, the work for actors in New York was off the charts. Now, is that true or false? What do you mean off the charts? Like really good? Well, like, yeah, this friend of mine who I interviewed, mm-hmm. um, she is a New Yorker and she's back mm-hmm. in New York now. And she was just saying that her phone is like ringing off the hook. Um, well, um, I feel sort of, it's like been the same for me, but that was good before. So I feel like it's good now. Um, what I will say the difference between my career in New York now, as opposed to my career, um, you know, when I was in LA for 28 years, Mm -hmm. because we have so much television here, there is, it used to be like you did the theater and if you're on Broadway, that's great, but there aren't that many people. There's 29 shows running right now with an average of 25 people in the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So what is that? 750 people are working mm-hmm. out of the 80,000 union members. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot of work in New York if you're only focusing on theater. But now that we have almost 100 TV shows and movies filmed here we are able to do both like i said last tuesday was on the the set filming and then i got to do a broadway show at night Mm -hmm. that is not the case in los angeles Mm -hmm. um they don't care that you're in a broadway show so they're not going to let you out by 6 Mm p.m um also you're probably filming so far away that you'll never get to your theater time um so um i do like that aspect uh, I was walking down Ninth Avenue after my show the other night, and I run into Stephen Schwartz, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, people know him from, you know, he wrote Pocahontas and on Broadway, he wrote Wicked and Pippin and Godspell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has an Oscar for um, uh, the, the Prince of Egypt, maybe, or or Pocahontas or one of those. He one of those Disney movies I know he or DreamWorks movie he won an Oscar for and Tony nominations. And, you know, he's a legend, a composer legend. Mm-hmm. And um, we saw each other on the street. We're talking about my show. We were talking about he had just seen Into the Woods. And what was exciting, I was like, oh, my God, this is a New York moment. If we were in L.A., we wouldn't be walking down the street. Hmm. We would have been in our cars. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten to make this i didn't know stephen schwartz i know who he is but he's never we've never had an occasion to talk Mm -hmm. and to be sociable um and i don't think i've ever even auditioned for him Mm -hmm. but there we were having this 20-minute conversation about 
the shows and his show, his un- upcoming show, the show he saw, the show I was in. And, you know, he was treating me like a peer. We're not. He's a legend. Right. But I was like, this is what happens. And I think that's why it may feel like even you you feeling like you're working more in New York because it's more kinetic. You can walk down the street mm-hmm. and run into someone and end up getting a job. Yeah, that's what I've heard is one of the beauties about New York. So is this, yeah. are you a home now for good? Are you ever coming back to LA or, or is this where well, you're back Well, I home? say never. I don't ever say never because when I went to LA, I said I was going back to New York and I stayed there 28 years. When I came here to do the Pee Wee Herman show in 2010, I was only here to do the Pee Wee Herman show and then to come back to my house in LA. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 10 Broadway shows later, yeah. <laughs> Do you I still have even have your house, house in LA or did you, did you get rid of it? I sold it. You sold it. Okay. I did. I just sold it in December. And so I don't say never, cause you never know. We, we have to go with where the work is located, but, um, you know, I'm here now. My mother lives here and, um, and uh, you know, she's, she's of a certain age right, so yeah, it's yeah. good to have her only child yeah, yeah. Uh, nearby yeah and um and like i said you know i may not you know do eight shows a week on broadway you know next year or the next the year after that but there is theater here there is television there's voiceovers there's commercials there's film hmm. there's just so much here and it's a i feel like there are more varied opportunities mm-hmm. what do you here th- in new york what do you think an actor should look for in an agent and or a manager? Oh, <laughs> I like someone who leaves their office and likes to see what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Is at the theater, at the movies, watching their Netflix so that they truly, truly know. And I think all actors should do that. Like tonight, I'm going to be watching something tonight. I like to see styles of programs. And because there are so many, when you go in, it's good to know the style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the, the first year, I auditioned for a show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It was a brand new show. They mm-hmm. had This is for the pilot. And I'm playing a 1950s newsstand owner. And so I know what 1950s are. I know what a black guy, how he speaks in the 1950s, like Mm -hmm. my Papa Bros. I told my grandparents are often in my characters. So I was like, uh, uh, yeah, Mrs. Maisel, I'll talk to you soon or whatever. So I was talking like this and I was talking slow. (laughs) 1950s. Uh Well, if you've seen the show, actually, they talk like this. Well, Miss Mayo, there's a there's a tempo and a pace to the show. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that because the show hadn't been on the air. Mm -hmm. Well, I've since seen the show and I didn't get that uh, newspaper guy in that first episode, but they brought him back. And guess who booked it this time? (laughs) Me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm now on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because when I went in this time, I said, well, well, yeah, you can't do that. If you want to do that, you got to make sure it's going like this because this is how it always goes. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that the pace was different mm-hmm. because I'd watched the show. Yeah. And yeah. so when I'm looking for an agent or a manager, I want them to know too. So don't send me in for, you know, a certain show. If I, 
I'm not within that style, yeah. you know, because then we'll be wasting our time, especially now we have to do the self tapes, which mm-hmm. it's like we have to be the sound person, the camera person, the director, the actor, the best boy, the grip and catering. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. I mean, that's you know a, that's think? been a, a problem with a lot of older actors I've talked to is the technology because you have to do all this stuff and it just they get short circuited with all this technology. And I uh, was talking to a friend of mine that said this one older actress mm-hmm. that he had been in contact with a well-known actress. And yeah. they retired just because they, they just couldn't handle the technology because you have to do all this right. self-taping. And, you know, that's probably yeah. not going away. Any advice that mm-hmm. you can give to uh, uh, people wanting to get involved in the acting business that, you know, from scratch? Like, I'll say, well, I, I won't say an age, but just someone that's new, newbie and... and, and, and well, yeah, um, my biggest thing is like one... Find where you fit in the business. Two, read up on plays, the latest playwrights and, and musicals. Of with no matter whether you do only musicals or whether you do only plays, just know what's out there because that will inspire you to find where you fit in the business and how you can tell your story. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Uh, you really have to start with knowledge and and because it, they say knowledge is power mm-hmm. the more you know about what's going on and not only about today but you know pick up a book of of thornton wilder plays or tennessee williams plays or edward alby plays or august wilson plays or some of the new playwrights like dominique morisseau and lynn nottage and um you know, uh, especially right now, African-American women playwrights are hot mm-hmm. and they write all kinds of roles for all types of people and check them out because they're on a roll. I'm telling you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a time when there was one African-American playwright every 50 years. Now this four in a season on Broadway. Yeah, and, I, I've heard that, um, too. It's. And, and I'm not saying that only for African-Americans to read that because they are writing for everyone. And mm-hmm. you just need to know that those are the voices um, that we should be listening to, you know, see, see what's going on, you know, between classics and the new people um, with musicals. If you don't do musicals, it's like, eh, you know, um, but I think that because musicals fuel the theater bi- business, uh, you might find that even if you don't sing and dance, it might be a part for you in that musical because oftentimes there is a a character role that you can do mm-hmm. where you don't uh, sing or dance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How, how have you seen things change over the years uh, in, in, in pursuing uh, acting work? I know we talked about self-taping, how that's a, pro- pro- a, a prominent thing right now. What other? That is the biggest thing, yeah. yeah. Self-taping is probably the biggest thing, um, which... Uh, I had during the the pandemic, I had a meltdown one time because I was I was lucky enough to get so many self tapes, but it was like there just even during the pandemic there there wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like I was running, you know, because you still got to study, and it's like you can't do three in a day if you want to be good in the, at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but just sort of figured out how to space them out, and when sometimes just to say no, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, 
there's not enough time to really give you the quality that you deserve mm -hmm. and you just pass on that and it's so someone else is going to get the job instead of you but that's all right it wasn't meant for you mm -hmm. um so that is the biggest thing probably the self-taping um and then the things i learned while self-taping again you can get closer to the truth while self-taping mm -hmm. uh, i'm not one who does a lot of takes because i figure like well you know, if you would have been in the room, you only have one chance to do it. Mm -hmm. You need to be good now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I've done maybe three takes every once in a while, but pretty much I'll do one take and like, yeah, that was good. That was it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'd be surprised you get the call that you're doing the job because mm -hmm. um, after that you overthink it. Uh, what else is different? Uh, other, It's not so much the auditioning. It's I, I think because this is like a lack of respect i have noticed that and a lot a lack of like the pomp and circumstance of it all hmm. yeah where like when i was a kid people who were famous before me we still respected mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the mgm stars were still stars to me even though i didn't grow up with mgm mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. and now it's like you if you were famous last year these kids won't even remember you mm -hmm. um so yeah. <laughs> it's like you always have to be sort of cur uh, current and that's sort of i miss the sort of pomp and circumstance of like that person was great no they're still great yeah, yeah. whether they're doing something or not or now mm -hmm. uh not or not and um and then you know that's i guess that's sort of the biggest changes, the lack of respect and then the self date. Mm -hmm. What are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome in, in your journey of being the, the working actor that you are? I mean, what is it? 10% of, of the union are working actors. Yeah, exactly. If that, um, so you, I'm sure there must've been obstacles along the way, <laughs> you know, even less make a living. Yeah. You, right. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this uh, foo, 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 obstacles only because uh, there are plenty, but like I said before, um, you know, I I try not to think of losing, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I've been faced with you know people have come to me and said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we're only seeing white people for this role, um, you know, to my face mm -hmm. boldly, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Um, but at the same time, I've been an actor who has been blessed to be cast in not traditionally black roles um, on Broadway and off Broadway. And so, like, I'm, what am I, you know, I'm like, well, OK, I'm, I'm trying to be the change and it's happening. So the obstacles that I have, like, like I was telling you, I was a skinny kid, but now I'm not so skinny right now. Um I don't think of that as an obstacle. I don't think like, ooh, I can't, you know, play the lover. You know, there's just more me to love right now. Uh -huh. So that's not an obstacle. Yeah. <laughs> that's an attribute. Um, it, it's like our bodies, everything that our bodies are today, we can tell stories with. It doesn't matter. So, you know, so many of us can say, oh, like I can say today, oh, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too this. Oh, my knees are bad. Well... I use all of those things to my advantage when I'm playing Constable Locke. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. he runs, 
he runs with one bad knee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That becomes his truth. Mm-hmm. When I'm standing there, I don't try to hold my stomach in. That's my stomach. Mm-hmm. That's Constable Locke's stomach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not an obstacle because it's the truth. So when I think of obstacles, you know, oh, like some days I'm too tired. Well, if you have a job, constable is maybe a little bit tired that day. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, that's, you know, just like when someone says, oh, this this audition makes me so nervous. You know what I ask them? I ask them, will the nerves help you tell your story? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If they don't help you tell your story, then the nerves can't help you. So what's the point of being nervous? Yeah. Keep there's, your, no, there's no point. Keep your eye on the there's, prize and tell the story. Yeah. Think about the character's objective. If you're nervous, that's your problem. It has nothing to do with your character's story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, remember what I said when I had the, the panic attacks? It was because Lance was worried about was he good enough? to live up to the reviews that Atlanta had gotten. That has nothing to do with Jafar. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. therefore I, I had an obstacle. I created an obstacle, but it wasn't my character's obstacle. My character was trying to get a lamp and Aladdin had the lamp. That was my obstacle. That's all I needed to deal with. Mm-hmm. And these things, not to say that they, the obstacles aren't real, but there's always a way to get around it mm-hmm. and to focus and to refocus that energy so that the obstacle doesn't stop us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to be the character. Allow yourself step out of yourself. You're, we're so imperfect. We can mess up everything. Mm-hmm. We're only humans, mm-hmm. but our characters, there's things written about them. Mm-hmm. Their their story is going to be told A through Z today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you know, if you're having a problem, you go in the corner and cry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is you know, so. that is great advice. I love your point of view. At this point in your life, what are your co- career goals? I mean, wh- where do you see yourself in five years and what things are you doing to, to reach those goals? Well, in five years, I hope that I'm happy in my lake house. Um, <laughs> uh-huh, that sounds nice. my number one goal. Um, I would like to, um, I have this, what I think is a great, uh, uh, energy synergy, synergistic idea for a, a Broadway play. Um, I'd like that to be a success in the next couple of years. I'd like to get a sitcom, um, that is successful here in New York mm-hmm. that I'm producing and are writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things that I would definitely like to have. So, um, you know, after the music man is done, um, I'm of the age where I can start taking a couple of my pensions. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be able to do that so that I have time to focus on these bigger mm-hmm. uh, goals. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what I'm headed towards right now. All sounds great to me. What what would be your most memorable performance in, in your eyes? I, I don't know if you can feel it or just the feedback that you've gotten from other people. You know, maybe sometimes when you have great performances, you're in this 
dreamlike state where you really don't really remember it. <laughs> Other people seem to. Right. Um, I don't. It's like Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. They're all my babies. <laughs> because, well, because they're all me. So I don't. There's not. They're not truly separate. Every one of the characters that I played is related to the other character. Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's never about um, a great thing. But I can tell you my greatest moment. And when we dream, if, if people want to be performers, um, typically we see ourselves you know, up on the silver screen or center stage on Broadway in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, came back to Broadway after I told you the story about Martin Sharnan said, if we're lucky, we get to go around the block again. And that 30 years later, I realized here I was finally coming back to Broadway. I was in the Pee Wee Herman show as and as a king of cartoons, there is like um, there's a song about the king of cartoons and he's coming and then as a big modulation and then me as the king of cartoons burst through center stage at the peewee's playhouse and i'm in a spotlight uh peewee herman is staring at me a big star and we have to hold for applause Hmm. Mm -hmm. it was like and and it's funny it's actually on youtube Hmm. um i've seen it someone did a bootleg of the king of cartoons entrance and is that what I could do a, a, a search on just a uh, king of cartoon the entrance and that'll come up? Yes, okay. it's on, on YouTube and I've seen it. Um, and I, I it's so crazy that someone has that moment because it truly was a return for me to Broadway after 30 years. But also it was a moment I remember. goodness i'm holding for applause hmm. center stage on broadway hmm. and it went on i don't know 10 20 seconds but it, it was a long applause and you'll see it on that um on that uh that youtube video um but that's probably the greatest moment ever because it, it gave me time to be aware and to be full of gratitude of the moment and to know that martin sharnan was telling the truth because mm-hmm. I felt very lucky I did go around the block again because I was back. Was your mom in the audience? Uh, no, not for that first performance, but <laughs> she was there opening night. Yeah. Um, and that was great um, and very exciting because, I mean, she's seen me in a lot of shows, but that was the first time that she had officially seen me on Broadway yeah. uh, was opening night at the Pee Wee Heron show. Yeah. Huh. Um this is the last handful of questions, but mm-hmm. what what would be your perfect dream job if you weren't an actor, if you weren't a performer? A real estate agent. Real estate agent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about dream role? Dream role. I want to play a teacher who fights so fiercely to uh, to allow students to have a better education. Well, I, I hope you end up writing that too. 
who <laughs> I or I don't I keep looking for stories. I'm like, I've got to play this part. You know, I love the movie Lean on Me. Yeah, um, that's it was Morgan Freeman. Do a stage version. Yes. Oh my God, I love that movie so bad. I would love to do that on stage or a new story. Uh, anything, just long as like you know, people are illuminated that, you know, education is so important. Yeah. Um, I would be nowhere without my teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if someone were going to make your life into a movie, who would you want to play you and why? To play me? Yeah. Oh, that means I have to like, how do I see myself? Um, because I'm a cross between, um, you know, Tay Diggs, Will Smith and Tyler Perry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think an adult me could be Tyler Perry. No, it'd have to be Will Smith because Will Smith can sing and dance too. Mm -hmm. I Um, didn't even know that. Will Smith sings and dance, huh? I didn't even know that. What? I didn't know Will Smith sang and dance, sung and dance. He was, he was a rap star. Oh, that's right. He's a, well, I, I guess I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, Michael forget. Jackson singing or something and Michael Jackson yeah. dancing. But uh, yeah, okay. I get that. Yeah. yeah uh, but he's a great stage performer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funniest person you've, you've worked with. Oh my God. Oh, Ooh. Oh my God. Cause I've worked with some funny people, but my probably have to say, Oh my God. Well, PB Herman made me, makes me laugh so hard on stage, but I think I'm going to have to go to the first person who cracked me up in Los Angeles. And I was so excited to work with her because I grew up watching her on television. And then I was in a show with her and it, and we became very close friends and that's Joanne Worley. Oh yeah. People don't know who she is. Google her laughing, laughing. And it's just, I love her to pieces. Yeah. Yeah, she puts out a lot of good energy too. Something, yes. something that you're glad your your mom doesn't know about you. Something that let me see. Um, that I curse like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> secret conspiracy that you'd like to start? They're not secret. Um, <laughs> I think that the the world is being run by trees <laughs> well, kind of you know uh, well, think about it you know it's like you know they they live off of oxygen and they can be in the woods and no one takes care of them and they seem to be, do fine and there's a whole root system underneath that we don't see but what feeds those roots when we die they put us back into the earth yeah that's that's so very food for the trees very true I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> that's my conspiracy and i'm sticking to it Turn-ons? Turn-ons? What turns you on? Joy. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Turn-offs? Ooh. Toxic energy. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. And and last question. What, what's a perfect Sunday afternoon look like for you? Um, sitting on the lake with friends stopping by and having a lot of good food and a light, a, a fruity, soft beverage punch. 
Sounds great, Lance. I have no doubt that you are going to have your house on the lake. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Absolutely. And uh, I, I appreciate you having cast me in the play you directed. And you were great. It was so good. Well, so much fun. And P.S. Um, Eileen Graff was the person I was talking about that people forget that she was a Broadway performer before she was the mom of Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, I, I, I have to reach yeah. out to her at some point, too. Um, mm-hmm. um, she's definitely has a long and very distinguished career in yes. the entertainment business. And her family. And, and her, her family. family, yeah, her daughter and her husband, yeah. all of them. And uh, uh, her cousin, Randy Graff, who won the Tony Award. Oh, okay. Um, who's it now in Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal on Broadway. But oh. Randy Graff was the original Fontaine in Les Mis. Huh. Um, and her brother, Todd Graff, was the lead in Baby, and now he's a, a director and writer. And, I mean, it's just it the whole family. I had no uh, idea. The more you know. New show. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I'm going to let you get on with your evening. Thank you very much. And thank you so much. And you got to let me know next time you come into town so I can take you out to lunch. All right. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll find <laughs> out. Well, I can't remember. You, I know Phineas is, or I don't even think Phineas is vegetarian anymore. I think he changed Mm-mm. that too. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, wherever you want. <laughs> Oh, I'll whatever kind whatever. of food I you mean, like. I'm not vegetarian, but I'll eat a vegetarian meal. It doesn't matter. I'm it's not really tasty. vegetarian I'm either. Eating. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not big on meat, but you know, I I I just don't really have a craving for meat so much. But I eat it every right. now and then. So, all right, my friend, you well, have take a care. You too, and and uh, I I will see you on Broadway. <laughs> oh, please do, please do. All right, all right. Take care, Mark. All right, bye bye. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potts, cause I'm not Julius Sun not anymore. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potts, cause I'm not Julius Sun like I was before.